Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, I'm Marwan Sabah, Professor of Neurology at the Barrow Neurological Institute. I have Dr. Cohen and Dr. Isaacson joining me today. Dr. Cohen, would you introduce yourself, please? Yes, of course. I'm Sharon Cohen. I'm a behavioral neurologist and the medical director of Toronto Memory Program in Toronto, Canada. Great. I'm uh, Richard Isaacson. I'm a preventive neurologist down at the Institute for Neurodegenerative Diseases in of Florida, and that's in Boca Raton, Florida. Thank you both for joining me today. We are in a new era, as we all acknowledge, in the era of uh, Alzheimer's treatment, diagnosis, and therapeutics. And today, we really want to kind of think about how we're re-engineering our lives, our practices, our workflows, our patient flows to accommodate these new and rapid changes. So the first question I'm going to send to you, Dr. Isaacson, is what tools are available today to diagnose MCI, mild cognitive impairment due to Alzheimer's disease, and how do you use them in your clinical practice? Well, the good old-fashioned tool as a neurologist, uh, we take a pretty detailed clinical history, and we really try to find out from the uh, not just the patient, but also the care partner, the spouse, a child, a friend, um, you know, tell me about these problems. When did they start? And have there been any impacts on the activities of daily living? Because really the, the construct of mild cognitive impairment means that there are, you know, changes in cognition, but they're not yet affecting activities of daily living. And if we can get um, an earlier diagnosis in that stage before dementia, that's when we not only have new tools available in terms of um, drugs and other, other treatments, um, I think that's when we can really have the most benefit. So the tools that I start off with in diagnosis are just the good old-fashioned um, clinical history. Um, of course, we uh, proceed to neuropsychological testing. Uh, you know, sometimes it's tough to get neuropsych testing. There's long waiting lists and whatnot. We do um, a little bit of computer-based testing. Um, and then uh, to get a more formal diagnosis, uh, the more full battery um, by a neuropsychologist, of course, um, and um, then the thing that I'm you know, really excited about are using uh, biomarkers. And uh, you know, it's just a, a couple of weeks uh, have gone by and in the new draft, now they're not fully approved, but the new research criteria um, for diagnosing Alzheimer's disease include blood-based biomarkers. And again, those are draft and those are research criteria. So not exactly um, you know, maybe commonly agreed upon by clinicians to that using blood-based biomarkers in prime time, but our program is using a lot of blood-based biomarkers. Um, there's now several, uh, both amyloid from different companies and, um, you know, there's a tau test, the neurofilament light test that's, that's out, that's available uh, commercially. Uh, we also have research protocols that we do, uh, but whether it's using a blood test or an amyloid PET scan or a tau PET scan, or even spinal taps for, for amyloid and tau, um, that's really how we, we round out things. Of course, we want to make sure that there's, you know, no other potential causes, non-dementia, uh, non-neurodegenerative causes. So we can do some other blood tests. Uh, and, and, you know, depending on the person, we may want to refine things. But uh, yeah, amazing new tools and uh, a new era in, in our, in our uh, disease uh, treatment and, and diagnosis. Thank you, Dr. Isaacson. Dr. Cohen, so Dr. Isaacson brings up the whole era and discussion about biomarkers and how we're transforming what are your perspectives on the biomarker utilization in the diagnosis? Well, it's terribly important that we have biologic confirmation of uh, underlying Alzheimer's disease. If we have someone with mild cognitive impairment, and I totally agree, you need a history, you need to know impact of cognitive symptoms, 
on day-to-day function, and you need cognitive testing to document that there is an impairment. And then you are left with a syndromic diagnosis of MCI. You can be suspicious that the underlying cause is Alzheimer's because the general neurologic exam is normal, the onset was insidious, and maybe the symptoms are progressive. We're still going to be wrong, you know, 50% or more of the time if we say this is MCI, likely due to Alzheimer's. It's likely, but, you know, when you go on to confirmatory biologic testing, we find, hey, you know, this had the phenotype of Alzheimer's. It's not. You know, what else is it? So having biomarker confirmation and the gold standard, CSF, uh, ED biomarkers or PET amyloid imaging, very important. Um, Blood-based biomarkers are coming into the scene, still not really prime time in clinical practice. The hope is that within the next few years, we'll be able to rely on them more, either as a pre-screener for who goes on to uh, amyloid PET or uh, CSF testing. But I think in the meantime, there's a lot of opportunity to scale up CSF. Our European colleagues do this well. Uh, especially in Northern Europe, there isn't such an aversion to doing, uh, you know, uh, spinal taps and patients accept this. We know in our clinic in Toronto, patients accept this. Um, and so we sh- we should roll this out. You know, it wasn't so long ago that we used to do spinal taps routinely for MS workup. Um, and um, I-, I think that is the more scalable, cost-effective test. We're never going to have enough uh, PET scanners, at least not in Canada, to accommodate the population. That needs it, and uh, you know we don't. Want, and oncology uses a lot of the the PET scanning time, and so be it. You know we need to find other ways that uh, are are meaningful for patients. And um, there's going to be a big demand. Um, the 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 era where you can just say, "Oh, mild cognitive impairment. That's normal aging. We're all a bit forgetful." That's over. That needs to be over. We need biologic confirmation for anybody who has even mild memory problems. I agree with both of you. I myself have uh, started to change my workflow to rely a little less on the out, uh, patient outsourcing the neuropsych testing and really driving, particularly in the amnestic forms, really driving harder toward a biomarker confirmation. But we do have PET available, but uh, the reimbursement has been a challenge. So we've been doing a lot of CSF testing, and uh, it you know if you the way you pr- approach it to your patients. Is you tell them, I think it's a lot about how the provider, the physician informs the patient about this. I have to tell you, I don't get as much resistance as I used to, and we're finding to be very, very accurate. In fact, today, this morning in clinic, I reviewed uh, CSF results with two patients. So it can be done. I think it'd be done routinely. Uh, what we don't know is how, where, and when we'll start to see plasma biomarkers start to incorporate themselves in the workflow. Uh, so Richard, you're ahead of us. So uh we're starting to see that uh, come to be, but we're not, I haven't seen it kind of established in clinical workflow. So thank you, Dr. Cohen. Thank you, Dr. Isaacson. And thank you, audience. I hope you learned something. This is a very exciting time, and I look forward to hearing and talking more about these uh, topics. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME. Thank you for listening.